Hi folks! Welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLCast and at FTLCast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FTLCast. Today we're playing Dark Sentencer by Marn S. For those of you who are new to the game, here are the basics. You are a prisoner on the Dark Sentencer, a high-tech prison planet for the worst of the worst. In 11 days, you and the others in your cell block are going to escape. Unfortunately, you still have plans to complete, and that's just enough time for things to go horribly wrong. I'm Sam, and you can find me on Twitter at SAKalo, and you can find my portfolio website on www.samkalo.art, and my pronouns are he, him. Playing with me today, we have Jade, who happens to be the person below me on the order. That threw me so much. Hi, hello, I am Jade. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at jadeoxadrose, and I use they, them pronouns. You can also hear me talking about the Animals book series over at uh, over on the Escafil Files, which is at Escafil Files on Twitter. You want to hear me be mad about really stupid tiny aliens? Check it out. We also have August. Hello, I'm August. You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora. Um, you can find things that I have written at harpydora.itch.io that you can also play. You can find me yelling about Steven Universe over on Gay Space Rocks at Gay Space Pod on Twitter. And my pronouns are they them. We also have Mac. Hello, I am Mac. Uh, you can find me on the internet wherever you get good content at Citadel of Swords. Uh, I do some writing about wrestling, uh, mostly women's wrestling. Uh, and me getting mad about the quality of women's wrestling on television right now, uh, at gatecrashers.fan. You can find all the podcasts that those folks mentioned before, including this one, at our podcasting guild, uh, at stones underscore standing on Twitter. Uh, while you're there, drop us a subscription to our YouTube channel so that we can get a YouTube URL that is not just a random string of letters and numbers. Um, I'm also, we are also joined today by Zachary. Yes, Hello. My name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at God. And for the music I make it, I am bugbear.bandcamp.com. As long as this episode comes out after <laughs> January 1st, 2022, which it will, yes. you can find new genre fiction every month at ZacharyOlsonPresents.com. And you can listen to me read it to you in a podcast audiobook format at Zopcast on Twitter. Hell yeah. Cool. I might do that while I'm at work. That's a great fucking URL, Zach. Yeah, it's, it's pretty really good. Thank you. I have done none of that t as of today, <laughs> December 11th, 2021. I see. Except for write the fiction that will be the format of the website and the podcast. But in the next 19 to 20 days, <laughs> I what will have line. done all of those things. Zach is, Zach is holding himself accountable now. This is Zach holding himself accountable. And by the time you hear this, listeners, hopefully all of that is true. I have forged a contract with the future by saying it in the past that the present will come as order. Oh, boy. Also, my pronouns are here. I thought you were going to say a pact with someone else. <laughs> no. And for our listeners, you may be thinking, hey, I think I've heard these people play this game before. And you are correct. We also played this for our no, Hanukkah special. No, you're not. You're wrong. We've never done <laughs> Shut this up, Zach. Before. Zach wasn't here for that one. Um, continuing on the intro, our lines, things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, plays and pandemics. Our veils, things we're fine with addressing but we'll just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. Wait, I... I I forgot to put this up at the top when we played Dark Sentencer the first time, but a mm -hmm. uh, possible content warning going forward, and I will put in a note if I'm wrong about this. Potential uh, police violence. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we're in we're in jail. Yeah, we're so, in prison. We're in so, prison. Last time it didn't come up, but 
it might this time. And the inherent problematic... Yeah, continued yeah. ACAB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's get started. Okay, so... Okay, let's... What I was trying to say before my internet connection and or Discord on my laptop was being a butt, uh, was that we're going to uh, introduce our characters. We uh, already pulled our cards that indicate what crime we are in Dark Sentencer for. If you heard the Hanukkah game, uh, you'll know that uh, this is done with a tarot deck. But yeah, there's a handy little table in the book. We like some uh, randomized stuff. Should we also um, should we also come back and like remind everybody how we like we built our characters using a spindle wheel game? Congratulations, you've said it. Okay. <laughs> um, should we go through and remind everybody what our characters are using the cards that we like like pulled during our spindle wheel game? Nope, that's too long. I think okay. that's too long. Okay. Yeah, it's a secret. Yes. Um, it indeed. If you want to hear it, subscribe to our Patreon. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a Patreon special. <laughs> uh, makes sense for it to be. Um, what we what would be fun, right, is if we described or introduced our characters as part of a heist film intro, cutting through the dark sentencer to each cell and be like poof, poof, what do they look what do they what does it look like as we come upon them and then also like the name pops up and then the tarot card like <laughs> like that is you so know, funny across the street that is so funny. Okay, here's the thing here's the thing it's a great idea i don't know if it's gonna work auditory <laughs> well you just have to describe it <laughs> okay Listen, I I just finished playing. What were a you game gonna where... wait? Sorry, no, wait one second. What were you gonna say, Mac? That was my whole sentence. I wasn't gonna say anything else. Oh, <laughs> you said here's the thing, Zach. It's oh yeah, no, they... it cut out. <laughs> no, they they said here's the thing. That's a great idea. There we go. Okay, okay, good. It did come through. It came through for Zach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can always hear it when people tell me about my good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it happens so often. Oh, I um, envy you so much. We're, we are in it today. Like, look, we needed to bring energy because we haven't recorded as a while. This is why I need people to tell me what's wrong with the brass ring. Because if nobody tells me anything, I'll just say, okay, it must be perfect. I feel that. And intellectually, I know that can't be the case. Hey, Zach. Zach, I'm going to fly to Arizona and fucking fight you. Why? (laughs) Because stop being like that. (laughs) What? I was going to say, hey, Zach, how about you kick off that amazing idea by you going first? Uh, Sure. Okay. What does a dark sentencer look like? I'll tell you. We see the Dark Sentencer, uh, a weapon of the galactic hegemon, a symbol of all of the people who acted against the regime, be that through committing crimes or through their various revolutionary deeds, and were struck down for it, imprisoned in this obelisk in the sky, this testament to hubris and retribution uh, made of shapes. Uh, and then shapes within shapes, fractally iterating into itself. 
uh, in strange corridors that only the guards know how to move through. And we follow through tubes and endless tangled webs and briars of electrical wiring, cabling, water, air, food pipes. And we arrive at the cell block. One of a thousand thousand, but this one is different. This one holds us. In this honeycomb-shaped cell, hexagons connected to each other through various glass-seeming tubes and walkways in one specific cell waits, lurks. Cordelia Waite-Smith, her looking strangely naked despite wearing a full-body jumpsuit uh, with the prison's logo on it as well as a 16-digit prisoner uniform. They're going to need to add more digits pretty soon because we're running up. Numerous numbers on this uniform are nine. The color is a pale periwinkle blue with black accents, but it is not what Cordelia Waysmith would like to wear. As she sits in her cell, arms crossed, legs crossed, watching the door with dull and deep resentment, she is. A, she has the look of a woman who wishes she was wearing a leather jacket. Tall and rangy, though that's hard to see with her sitting in the corner and just watching the door dark auburn hair at once cut short but now slightly grown out in the time she has been in this prison dark bags under her eyes unable to be hidden by any artifice cordelia waite smith waits as we look upon her the name cordelia waite smith ticks across the bottom like a crime ticker tape and then from it a wire mesh tarot card etches itself into the screen depicting the high priestess underneath her name cordelia waite smith the crime is red took the fall for the family dope as hell that was awesome yeah, and I did all. So you now your turn. Fuck. <laughs> Why do we make Zach go first? He set the scene because he was talking a big guy. We, we, we gotta have someone do the scene setting. We gotta it's have true. someone yeah. do the it's scene true. setting. Yeah, yeah. Zach did do uh, a good job loop. of setting the scene. Should we loop to the top of the dock and then we can just rattle through in order? Yes. Sure. So, having identified Cordelia Waite Smith, the camera moves on through several hallways that are dreary down into the lower decks of the Dark Sentencer, where the prisoners are forced to maintain some of the more dangerous aspects of the station's daily maintenance. And we see a group of workers operating what looks like an outdated boiler room, and we have several prisoners who have taken the top part of their jumpsuit off and tied it around their waist and we have them doing various tasks that involve a lot of tools a lot of heavy lifting and the camera finds one prisoner in particular a kind of average height broad person there's sweat on Blade's brow Blade has kind of dark olive skin and black hair that's very shaggy not quite long enough to be tied back out of Blade's eyes, but long enough to hang in them and be an annoyance. Blade's skin is covered with scars of varying sizes, telling a tale of a life of violence. That tale is punctuated by an eye patch over Blade's left eye, and the one eye that's visible is a stormy gray, but is staring forward in stalwart concentration blade is not going to allow the circumstances to affect blade self and we see the name galador 
Enderwall pop up on the screen, followed by the wireframe card of Temperance. The crime that ticks across at the bottom is an assassin. Who'd you kill? They'll never find the bodies. It's not important. More than they know. Probably a lot of people. <laughs> it depends mm. on how good they were at their job, or how good Blade was at Blade's job. Did I do that right? Yep. Awesome. Is Blade in prison for a specific assassination? Yeah, that was what I was asking. Oh. Ah. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Because the crime. I think that the particular life that Galador took was a mid-tier dignitary, but that was just what they could pin on Blade. Blade has definitely killed a lot more people, and they couldn't find the bodies, but they they suspect who did it and used this as a way to pin everything they could onto onto Blade. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So the camera moves away from Galador. Follows the line of one of the boiler pipes. Rattles around inside it for a moment before popping out down through a faucet to land in a metal sink with a punk. And the camera tilts up out of the sink to reveal a figure lying back on the small cot of their cell. Uh, average height, mixed race person. Kind of hard to tell, it's dark in here. The light fixture overhead has been broken again. They have dark hair that's currently pulled back into a bun revealing the undercut that hasn't grown out indicating that this was probably done with like laser hair removal to maintain this immaculate undercut and you can see climbing vine tattoos either side of the scalp dotted with small looks like electronics of some kind and as the camera pans down you can see a very ugly looking neural inhibitor on the side of this person's neck uh, dark eyes are open staring at the ceiling and you can see them murmuring something to themselves but uh, it's hard to make out as the camera sort of moves up and is looking down at this person on their bed the name Nezemi Kazel comes up on screen and image of a skull is imposed over their face as the death card is revealed along with the crime of identity theft and impersonation all right it's my turn now huh the camera comes in on a man maybe a person sitting in their cell block. At first, all you can see is the volume of their hair tried to be pulled back into a sort of messy bun where big chunks of curls are escaping from it. There's a half-grown-out strip of greenish, kind of ugly hair pulled into this bun. And this person is sitting at the tiny little desk at the, in their cell just drawing a map and they're they're writing out all these numbers they're doing all this math they're trying to figure out their statistical likelihood of getting out of here as we sort of look at this character face on you see that they've got these huge bags under their eyes their face is scruffy and their whole like demeanor is just tired they're folded in on themselves. They're probably quite tall, but you wouldn't be able to tell just from looking at them. And this is Sabriel. No last name. Maybe had a last name at one point, but doesn't anymore. 
and Sabriel was brought into prison for gambling. But that's not really what they're really about. Sabriel's real crime that for some reason he didn't get arrested for, um, he is a revolutionary from a planet under siege. Was that good? I don't know. No, that was good. Did you say what your card was? Uh, so yeah, his crime is gambling. Uh, the card, the the card that I drew was the Wheel of Fortune, um, because he used his gambling to fund the revolution, and then he got caught for gambling. All four of you hear a boom that cuts over our opening music over all of your tasks, interrupts Sabriel in the middle of their map-making. And it's quiet on the cell block for a moment. And then it comes again. And those of you who are in the cells can hear a guard going down to the very, very, very end of the block and someone banging on a door and saying, Can you keep that? Fucking racket down. And the camera goes through the door into a dark room where you think there's someone standing there, but you can't quite be sure. Can't really get a read on their face. The camera can't quite focus right on it. And as far as you can tell, nothing is happening in this room. Nothing is happening in a cell block. There is just a figure standing in the middle of the floor, not doing anything. And it's making explosions. Not explosions, just sounds. The cell block shakes again. And the title card comes up. It says, Vi Dumarche. And the wireframe appears of the magician. And under the crime, it says, being alive? With a question mark. <laughs> uh-huh. Love that, Vavai. Cordial as the as the sounds like Cordelia's eyes flick from just the door to look where the sounds are. Yeah, I mean Sabriel doesn't even look up. Sabriel's <laughs> fucking busy. Uh Nezumi smiles and uh sits up. And just like very sort of graceful. The longest con anyone ever pulled was trying to convince the world that they were dead. <laughs> Vi doesn't use pronouns. I was just making a general statement there. Got it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Got it. Super interesting. So... I'm very interested to see how we play this out with Vi, who doesn't use pronouns. <laughs> uh, Vi yeah. is Vi. Vi is Vi. Vi. It's fine. It's true. Cordelia like, stands up and... and um... Probably can't poke her head out of the window, but does like put her mouth to the to the little slit, the slat that opens up to get food pushed through, and for like people to look at her. And she says, "Hey, guy, this place is getting in your head. Don't you know there's no one in there?" <laughs> I'm like grinning super wide right now. That fucking <laughs> rule. <laughs> so hard but silently it's so good i'm just like grinning like yo that fucked hell yeah hell yeah oh, so good okay so, well, you gotta swing as hard as you can every single time hell yeah <laughs> pretty much all right let's uh we've all introduced our characters how's now the game played sam mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was just asking how the game is played the game is played like so the game is played by i open the pdf and look at it. We will do character relationships now. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, right. Yes, we have character relationships. Part of character creation Which in is this also game. part of how the game is played. It is true. Yes. 
Okay. After each character has been named, go clockwise around the table once more, down the order. This time, have everybody describe their character's relation to the person seated to their left, or below them. Are they a friend, lover, begrudging co-conspirator, rival? Do they know one, each other in the, one another in the outside world, or meet in prison? So I already have a relationship with August's character. I was muted that whole time. I was oh, no! Very sorry, friends. Oh, no. It's no fine. It's because I'm signed in on my phone, so I can't immediately see by looking. That's but... fair, yeah. Did you have a thing that you wanted to do for the intro? No, I was just saying the thing about how we needed to do characters first and wondering why nobody was oh. listening to me. And then about how we already had some relationships established if we wanted to use those, the ones that we discussed last time. Do we have character relationships for everybody that we discussed last time? Uh, I think... No. Uh, let me see. It's in the dock. Is it? Yeah, it's right down at the bottom of the dock. I didn't delete anything. I just shunted it to the bottom. Oh, okay. If we wanted to use any of the stuff we'd already talked about. But we also don't have to. Yeah. It's true. As long as everybody has a relationship with two people because of the turn order. So... So it's the person on your left, which would, would be... So I'm the... going to say the person below you. Okay, I'm just going to uh, okay. shunt the order around just so... Because Sam and August have already established one, mm -hmm. I'm just going to move Sam up the term or turn order to okay. be underneath. Um, or I'll just... Yeah. Actually, put Sam above mine because I technically have a relationship with your character, too. All right. No problem. Rearranging the turn order. This is why we, sh we should have put our cards on this thing so we could arrange them. It's true. Mm. I thought we did, we but... It... It's fine. Everything is fine. Do you mind if I move okay. Zach above you, Matt? Because he and I also had a established vibe. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Cool. Thank you. It still works out for me because now we get to establish a relationship between Cordelia and Vi, which I've wanted, to, which I've been wanting to do. So hell yeah. yeah! Which I think I just I just uh, gestured at with the end of the intro. You gestured at something. <laughs> An empty cell, apparently. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm sorry. Uh -huh. So, uh, Sam, what is to start mm -hmm. at the top? What is Sabriel's relationship with Galador then? So. Uh, what we had sort of determined, and then also just fucking spitballing, um, what we determined so far was that uh, Galador is sort of a, like, mentor and bodyguard type of situation, sort of like uh, Sabriel's champion, in a way, where Sabriel is this, like, you know, fairly high-ranking figure in this, like, revolutionary force, and Galador is right there with them, up at the top, being muscly and strong. Yep. So likely from the same planet, from the same community, part of the same revolution, arrested for different things. But I think that really what our what our crimes that we were arrested for really were was that they needed to get us on something because they wanted us out of the picture. Guess what, everybody? Police states suck. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Alright, Galador. So, based on the uh, spindle wheel cards, Nezumi had done something for Galador. So, I think our relationship is, uh, I owe you a debt. Mm. Bye, Kip. And uh, I don't want to say we're necessary. I don't know if Galador is on friendly terms with anybody, but, you know, in as far as, like, just feeling generally positively about Nezumi. Like, Blade's mm -hmm. a fan. And I think that Blade also, you know, wants to kind of cultivate a vague relationship just because, you know, Nezumi could be useful down the line. How flattering. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll clarify it here, because uh, I don't know how much you'll come and play. Uh, in the outside world, Nezumi's trade is information broker more than anything. Again, it's one of those cases where the crime they were pinned for is not necessarily the one they were angling for. She would be in prison for a lot longer 
if she'd been caught for everything she's ever done. For sure. But perhaps unlike some people, I'm not saying that Nezumi deserves to be in prison, but Nezumi is not a good person by any way, shape or form. So, uh, and I have a question about Cordelia, Zach, before I can establish this relationship. Yes. So she's in Dark Sentencer for taking the fall for a crime family. Yes. Was she actually a part of it? Uh, yes. Because she, she, she took the fall on purpose. Okay. I suppose that was, that was the main vibe I was going for in asking the question. All right. Mm-hmm. Nezumi and Cordelia are exes. Hmm. But I think in this place, nobody knows it knows what exes they are, like what the nature of the relationship was, because neither <laughs> of them will talk about it to anybody else. But there's yeah, clearly, no but you could you see the two of them together, and they have that. Oh, I'm missing like history, aren't I? There is clearly an established rapport there. We can find out what the nature of the relationship was and how it ended another time, or maybe in play. But either way, clearly there is mm-hmm. something there. And I think, and you feel free to uh, agree, or we can throw this out, that, that both of them were surprised to find each other here. Um, I suppose that depends on the order that we got put in in. How long's Cordelia been in? I, th- I guess a little bit, because I, I said off the cuff that her hair has been growing back. Because um, mm-hmm. the thing about Cordelia is she took the fall intentionally for this crime family, but I don't think she was a member of it in the same way. Because originally she was an investigator. She was like an agent of some kind. I like that. Like a, like a capo of some kind. Like part of a family, but not one of the family as it were. Yeah. But because she worked for like the government and then some some flipping happened. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh and that's how she ended up in here. Okay. I think Nezumi's was maybe already here. Mhm. When she arrived then. And Nezumi is gender fluid and uses any pronouns uh, just to be clear. I have been deliberately mixing up as I go but Listeners and fellow players should also feel free to do the same. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Junos, you're the Kanagawa's, you're saying in chat, uh, Mac. I'm also thinking about um, uh, one second. I love to think about the relationship between Juno Steel and the Kanagawa's. It's, it's a very so good. good thing to it's think so about. It's so funny. I love it. Yes. I'm, lo- I'm not f- very familiar with that. I'm also thinking of um, uh, Takuya Yagami from Judgment by the by the Yakuza studio, who is a lawyer whose law school uh, was paid for by the Yakuza. That is super nice. interesting. That's a cool vibe. That sounds like an Ace Attorney character. Who later becomes a, a private investigator while still having those kind of like familial connections to a gang. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sweet. That's incredible and also yeah. sounds like an ace attorney plot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Um Yeah. So yeah, so she I'm I'm having a hard time figuring out if she might be here on purpose like on purpose on purpose as part mean. of some sort of scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not just in jail on purpose, but I went to jail to do something. Play to find and out. I th- yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Out. I mean, I, but I think I think, but this is also this also ties into her and Nezumi because mm. I think she knew you were here. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Let me be clear, my little gay self. Even though we've not established the nature of the relationship, just went ah <laughs> in the best way. So you know. This is very good. Yeah. Right, so I think I think it was like a it was a sort of thing where like okay some stuff is going to break bad I'm going to need to do some maneuvering and also I'm going to make sure that I end up in the sentencer. 
because that's where Nezumi is, and that's where Vi is. <laughs> yeah, so what is the relationship that uh, Cordelia has with Vi? I'm so interested. <laughs> yeah, Max just chin hands over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, for, I'll, ask, I'll ask if you have any thoughts, uh, ideas, or preferences, Mac. I am open to anything. I'm just very interested to hear people's ideas because, like, Vi... So, so Vi's whole stick is that Vi was dead at one point and now no longer is. Is not undead, but is just not dead. Mm-hmm. And is kind of like, has been like that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So has been around for probably much longer than everyone else in mm-hmm. just like existing in the world. I mean, like has been. I can't say alive. Yeah. I'm say like because does Vi have like signs of life, like a heartbeat and stuff, or is it like Vi is walking and talking but has no heartbeat kind of a vibe? I gotta feel it out. I wanna. I wanna feel Fair. it out. I just, I don't want, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, Vi's not undead. Like, that's not mm-hmm. interesting to me. But the rest of it, I, I'm going to feel it out. I'm going to figure out what I'm feeling here. Um, not sure. Maybe Vi yeah. has a heartbeat, but not a working circulatory system. Who knows? Fun. <laughs> so, I, but I'm up for anything, so. Okay, I was going to say. One of two-ish things, which is maybe Vi is like some sort of mentor or important character uh, or somebody that or used to be, though you said like you give the the impression that Vi died a very long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I The other thing that I was thinking is that Vi, I guess here's a question. Has Vi been in the sentencer for that whole time? Or is this more recent? This is more recent. Cause I had been thinking that with, with Vi being like so difficult to see and distinct and stuff, I had the idea of Cordelia conceiving of Vi as her shadow. That's so good. Mm, interesting. Um, like almost Peter Peter Pan style, or like some like like almost a warlocky sort of connection. I'm into it in the in the Dungeons and Dragons five E consideration of warlock mm. of of like there's like they've got some sort of like deep and semi mystical connection, and Cordelia believes that Vi is linked to her in some way that will. That getting them together will make it much easier for them to do what they what needs to be done. I'm into it. I'm very into it. Sick. Very cool. Love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. This Vi being in the Dark Sentencer is very recent because I think that Vi was running a con that Vi actually was undead. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love that for Vi. I love that for <laughs> Vi. And. There, there was something obviously that gave it that gave up the game. It's just something that Vi missed about the nature of Vi's second life that mm. that gave up the ghost and mm. must have been running the scam on somebody high enough that Vi would have ended up in the Dark Sentencer. Mm-hmm. And is now this is the second time that I have a character who's literally just chilling. <laughs> what if what if Vi's uh what if the Khan was was tricking the like space emperor into believing that Vi could give him <laughs> eternal life? So good, so good. <laughs> Love this. So Vi Vi Emperor's new clothes to the space emperor <laughs> uh, oh my God. with immortality. And then the, that didn't work. You you got to get your exit figured out before you get your entrance. Uh, yeah. yeah. Vi, Vi, Vi didn't have a good out and was like, oh, t- sick. Shit. 
I suppose if you've been alive a long time, you do <laughs> whatever you do for kicks. Just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things I said last time also is that Vi is like out of time. So like totally like I had an exit figured out for 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Doesn't work now. Went, well, all right. <laughs> and is now just chilling in the dark sensor. Cool. So what's Vi's relationship with Sabriel then? God, what a good question. Have have we met at all? Please say no. What if it's the person that's thumping down the hall? <sighs> that's just funny to me. He doesn't have to be that. That's so funny. Are we just like are we just like cell neighbors, Sam? I think we might be, yeah. I think we're just cell neighbors and just like... No one's in that one. Whatever. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> and my shitty... I, I, don't, I don't remember if I said this on, um, on recording yet, but unfortunately for, um, for me, the only real image I can conjure up for my guy is like Danny Sexbang, but like older... Well, not even older, just, like, a lot more tired. <laughs> um, so this fucking lanky-ass bitch. This is cursing me as well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being like this. It's the only, like, tall Jewish guy I can think of. Are you? I think he, I think he is. I think Sam is is actually sorry here. I am actually. You could have you said Dan Avadan. You didn't have to specifically cite Danny Sexbang. <laughs> That's yeah, a different that guy. Too. It's true, the different guy. A different guy. So that right, guy wears apologies. a leotard. That guy wears a leotard. You're is... so right. I meant Daniel Avedon. Right. This is not Danny Sexbang. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. This apologies. is Daniel Avedon, the guy. The game grump. The game grump. The game grump. Okay, I think that's all the relationships then. Nice. Any other so. ones can come up in play. So now. Sam can explain how the gameplay works. All right, let's talk about gameplay. So basically, the way that this game works is we draw cards, and what card it is determines like the mood and the like uh, jumping point off. It's very similar to um uh like Lady Winter to the uh, protocol yeah. games. To what? And house. house. I don't think I've I don't that think one. Sam's played House. I don't think I've played that one. Yeah, so basically, we draw a minor arcana card, suit dictates the mood, and the premise is dictated by the card's number. We'll we'll, we'll be paying attention to the suit, Uh, that'll become relevant later. Um, We're going to do 11 of these, we've got 11 days, Um, so each card is one day. And then we kind of, last time when we played this, we just kind of like, fucked around. I think I ended up drawing a card for a scene that my character never showed up in. You know what? I think you're right. I think I was like, I was like, okay, here, here it is for somebody else because it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to be here. So, <laughs> go ham. So yeah, it's 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 pretty chill. Sam, do you want to do the first one? Uh, sure. Um, can we, can we, August, shuffle the deck? Uh, and yes. is this does this deck only have minor arcana? The minor arcana? Yes, it only has minor. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Give me just a second because I lost my tab. Please shuffle it so we don't end up with five swords again. <laughs> and, and make sure and make sure that um, because it because the thing says one hundred and twenty. Oh, is it say removed? What cards are removed? So, so it's got. It has both upright and reversed cards in it. Yeah. Ah. So. Oh, is that going to matter to us? No. No. Well, so we'll just double draw if we if we draw double. If we somehow miraculously draw the same card upright and reversed, we can just redraw. Okay. I mm-hmm. shuffled three times. Excellent. So. Great. Oh, yeah. I swear to fucking god, if we do another fucking. All swords, all so, the time. So, oh wow, swords bad. Huh. <laughs> yeah, we drew five of them, four in a row. Yeah, out of five out of eight scenes, four in a row, all swords is a lot. Dang. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. 
But let's see how today goes. Hell yeah. Let's see how today goes. All right. Yes, yeah, so Samwise has to draw. Oh, is it my turn mm-hmm. first? All right, cool. Yeah, you're I at the top of the turn order. Oh, that's right. I got moved to the top of the turn order. All right, cool. I got... You're leading! It's true. I am leading. Shut up. Uh, flip card. Cool. I got the six of swords. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I've drawn out my audio from talking to uh talking a little too loud. I'm gonna move my mic a little further back from myself. So I got the six oh, of my. swords, which means a lie uncovered, physical conflict, suffering, doubt, alienation, grief, danger, blind action, cruelty. Great for a scene. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, you gotta get a little little rough to start with. Sometimes you just gotta get a little uh, rough and tumble. Alright, um, so, for this Six of Swords, let's see. Lie Uncovered. Uh, maybe it's the fact that, uh, Galador and Sabriel are revolutionaries, and that the things we were, um, arrested for was the sort of cover-up of that. Oh, it feels it's good. It feels a little early. It's a little early for that. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. How do we start this game with a lie uncovered? Oh, I mean, we're probably all lying to somebody. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we. C- I could even go. I could go a completely different direction with this and say, um, Sabriel did not tell Galador. I feel like Sabriel and Galador were arrested at the same time in the same place like together Mm -hmm. and then just charged with different crimes i like that idea yeah like they were arrested during a like you know revolutionary like protest type situation and then charged with whatever they could pin on them and sent to prison Mm -hmm. so a lie uncovered could be Sabriel did not admit to galador that they are uh kind of injured and the game might start with Sabriel fucking, I don't know, collapsing from the pain in the middle of fuck of work time with Galador. So have these two been here significantly less time? If we're in the same cell block, I mean, and this is an injury. Yeah, I think that like maybe we got here like a week ago and my injury got infected. I appreciate how quickly you're just like, Nah, we're getting out of here. We have a revolution to get back to. I cannot be dealing with being in prison. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. He is the mo- from the moment he got here. He was like, "How am I getting out? How am I going to get back to the people who need me?" Oh God, this is Ojoras getting stuck in prison before the big revolution, isn't it? I have it's never like, read uh, the brick. This is hysterical because of all of the people in this group. I think Sabriel is probably the best one. That's really funny. Like, morally speaking? Like, I think Sabriel is the most morally good. Oh, probably. He's also a shithead. <laughs> who is the kind of person who, not to reference too closely the, the the kind of character that I've made here, would blow up a church to make a point. Mm. Of course. Valid of him, though. Sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, like, there might be innocent people in there right now, but it's about the statement. Incredible. Yeah, no, this dude sucks. Um, <laughs> so what? Yeah, so what's the? Yeah. What, is this a, is this a scene or is this a vignette? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think that we could play this as a scene with my injuries are infected and I have fucking collapsed from the stress of a badly infest, infected like leg wound from our arrest. Galador, you are there. Anybody else who's there? Everybody else who wants to be there could also be there. What's the work? Oh yeah, what are we doing? I was gonna say, do we want to make this a group scene? And like, is this like in the lunch area, or is this like in a workspace? Like you're saying. I mean, what kind of work is done here? We're in the same cell block, so we're probably doing the same work as well. I think. Mm, that tracks. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about prison. Uh, we're making this up as we go along. Yeah, I mean, the, our labor is being exploited. Yeah, our labor is yeah, being it's... exploited. It's prison labor. Yeah. Uh. So. I my first thing was that we were doing. Mm, there's two different kinds. There's menial, like physical hard labor, or there is mind-numbing minutia, like meaning labor of like of like 
we are we are putting together circuit boards by hand. Or, I don't know, sewing the elastic onto the leg holes of leotards all day. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry, Sam. Oh, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I kind of like, I like textiles as a thing. Yeah, textiles are made with prison labor a lot. Yeah, also, yeah. there's a reason Nezumi has a neural inhibitor on, like... They have a, a dope amount of cyberware that is purposely oh, yeah. being kept from operating, but they can't take it. It's not like a limb. They can't just like take it off her because it's like hardwired into her brain. That is mm. dope. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, part of it, is, it lets her interface with electronics and things like that. I think like minority report interfacing with displays because I love that shit. But also it helps regulate hormones and brain chemistry. Basically, she's been off meds since coming here because uh, oh, no. the cyberware helps maintain ADHD and autism, like regulates dopamine, serotonin and everything. So. Ah, uh, that rules. I love that. But yeah. But also it sucks that, you know, they're not uh, doing great. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, nah, they're having a rough time <laughs> as a result. But yeah, I like F. I like textiles for that mind, for that. The sort of thing where if you could get away with talking, you would. Like, you have the energy to, but you're, like, so exactly. brain dead at the end of the day. I also do a very mind-numbing uh -huh. job. <laughs> so I'm so glad that we are, we are like, connecting on this. You're so brain dead at the end of the day that you would do anything to just have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, capitalism is a hellscape. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, and, and, and water is wet. But, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, let's let's say that getting a little too real for me because this happened to me at work last week, uh, or yesterday. Uh, yeah, uh, fucking Sabriel goes to pick something up off the floor and fucking collapses out of his collapses out of his seat, and and is on the floor. Are we monitored by guards? Do you think, or is it like all electronic? And unless hmm. there's issues, we we establish that guards are in the prison in the introduction. Sure, yeah. but yeah. it's like, are they in every? Facet? There are guards somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean that it was a fully automated prison, but I meant like specifically in this hmm. space, in the work area. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's is there a guard in here? There's probably a guard, uh, like at the, at the entrance, uh, and exit, and another guard um, at the the place where the where the clothing that we are producing where the where the stuff we're producing goes through so they can mm -hmm. check for any contraband being moved from from place to place yeah uh, there's sense. probably they probably aren't walking the line mm -hmm. but yeah. we almost certainly have like productivity devices the monitoring of some sort yeah God, I'm almost yeah. I'm almost imagining like as soon as Galador sees that Blade gets up, goes over to where Sabriel is, and like I'm almost I'm imagining like Blade picks him up and then like goes to a guard and is just like fix this. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, we so love fun. an establishing character moment. Yeah, I mean, Sabriel is just like, like trying to like pat. How how very important. How does Blade pick them up? <laughs> um, is 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 he like, like 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 you just like tossed over Blade's shoulder, or like is this like a princess? Carry? <laughs> this is I. This is like a princess carry. Fucking incredible! Oh my god! I mean, like, I I think that Sabriel is like trying to like. Pat Galador on the chest, like I'm okay. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. Bring me back to my seat. <laughs> Man has like an obvious fever. Is like very, very clearly not doing great, and it's just like it's okay. I can still work. I think the. I think. Go on, Zach. Mm -hmm. You go. Oh, I think Cordelia like very quickly like slides out of her her seat where she was doing you know fine tuning embroidery uh, guns. Or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, like, like you know, you have to, like, really, like, dial in the nozzles uh, that shoot the thread into the... Oh, None of this um, makes sense, but I love it. Go on. It's sci-fi. It's, it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi. Um, she's, yeah, she's calibrating nozzles. Uh, she, like, slides up. Exactly how embroidery works. And, and she's, how the, what the hell is going on with, with, uh, with, with this one? What, you all, uh, and the guard's like, we don't have a... 
we don't have an injury on file for you. We, you, and nothing in here is dangerous enough to cause you an injury. I, you're probably faking it. That is patently untrue. Sorry, no. I, I think that my guy goes. That is, it's like slams his hand onto Galador's chest. Patently untrue. There are about fifteen different ways that you can permanently disfigure yourself using that. He like, 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 sort of like limply, like throws his arm sideways to point at the industrial sewing machine. Sorry, the space industrial sewing machines that he was working at using that machine right there. Yeah, but none of them are on you right now. He's like resting his forehead against Galador's tit. (laughs) I'm not seeing any missing fingers. I'm not seeing any blood. You are. This is we get back to work. That's what I said. That's what I said. So, introducing some physical conflict, Galador, like, shifts Blade's hold on Sabriel and then, like, reaches out, grabs the guard's hand and, like, presses it to Sabriel's forehead and says, this is not fake. Fix this now. Yeah, this dude's got, like, 101 fever. Like, he is obviously dying. Or, like, like, like very sick. The gu- I think the guard is... Like, that might be the case, but the guard is, like, furious at being touched by a prisoner. I was gonna say, yeah. And, and like, pulls out, like, a... Like a Taser? Uh, yes. Uh, except it's, like, it's like a baton that crackles with electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stun baton. Yeah. And, like, he's, like, getting ready to, to do... To, like, attack you. And Cordelia, like, jumps in and puts a hand on both people's shoulders and says, Hey, hey, okay, okay. I don't think... Listen, obviously something's wrong. Blade is is getting pretty heated. You're getting pretty heated. I don't think... Let's not escalate this. There's only two of you. And, and like, looks at the guy and says, There's 16 people in here. If this escalates, more people will come and they'll, pr- and they'll hurt us real bad. But until then, there will be two of you alone with us. I want... Sabriel to hold his fist out for a fist bump, but give no indication of what he's doing other than like holding his fist out for him. Cordelia leaves him hanging completely. <laughs> I think Galador like you know, just like pats his fist down. Um just like put that away. <laughs> just, like puts a hand on it and like puts it yeah. back on his own leg. Yeah, just just like not saying put that away, but like that's the that's the gesture. Like, just put just that put away. that away. Yeah. Nesame at their station just shuts the machine off and like leans on the back of the chair and looks at the other guard just like you could consider paging the infirmary yep Beep. uh can we get a medic team to the textile and on the other side of the room the guard is like a little wor- a little shaken by that uh and um Cordelia just pats him on the shoulder and says, "All right, let's let's all." Galador. <laughs> Blade grunts and like takes a step back. All right, Sabriel will be all right in a moment, uh, and then Cordelia walks back to her station and she looks over at Nezemi and she flicks her wrist and out from inside her sleeve comes the card she palmed off the guard. While she was patting his shoulder. <laughs> and she winks and puts it in her jacket. In her the, the top part of her of her jumpsuit. I'm so gay. I'm useless right now. <laughs> mood. Big mood. This rules. I was just like, wow, that was extremely sexy. Mm-hmm. That sounds like scene. Sure. Yeah, yeah that sounds like scene. We are all dot 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 fucking gay. Yep. It's true. Well, the thing is, what Zach has done is played a dangerously competent, slightly older woman. And therefore, we are all useless in the face of that. It's true. It's true. It's true. I, I, have I don't steady. usually like women, but this character, very my type. I have Steady. I have <laughs> Jericho. I have Hereafter. I have a Fourth Guy. You play a lot of Dilfs. Uh, and so yeah, I, 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 a lot of gotta, competent people. Uh, yeah, it's the most fun to, 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 to this is escapism. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? <laughs> Zachary Fredrickson. Uh, there will be next? no self-deprecation on this recording. <laughs> I think August we is love pulling you, a card. <laughs> yeah, yep. August is pulling a card next. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!